Welcome to the Kingdom Home Podcast and our first official episode. Today, Allison and I discuss preparing our homes for the days ahead, how to overcome fear and worry, and what a great honor it is to be born into this age. We have a high responsibility as His ambassadors and Kingdom homemakers. How can we be like our brothers in the book of Acts when the persecution was stirred up against them, but yet they shook the dust from their feet and were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit? We hope you're encouraged. Here we go. Hello, Allison. Hi, Michelle. So we've made it to our first official episode. We sure have. It's been a long a long road. I'm glad that we're here yep. and that we're ready yep. to do this. And we are both a little bit nervous. Yeah. But we're ready, we are. right? We're ready. Yeah. And also we're, we are uh, recording from our homes. I'm sitting here in my office area, which is right by my front window. So if you guys hear a big old pickup truck or tractor drive down the road, don't be alarmed. It's all right. It's just the traffic outside. What about you, Michelle? Where are you sitting at? I am locked in my daughter's bedroom. Yeah. Because it's like a corner tucked away in the house where least mm-hmm. amount of noise can get through, but you might hear a chicken crow. Right. Or a little seven-year-old boy come in asking mommy for something. And that's or, okay. Or a turkey outside or a guinea walking across the driveway or who knows. Yeah. I'm far enough away from the donkeys. You won't hear them. There you go. So what are we going to talk about today? So we're just going to start off with kind of the title and what led us to this ultimately is what is a kingdom homemaker? Yeah. What are we getting our homes in order for? And we've heard from so many women, you and I both. Mm-hmm. Um, on social media, personally, and then when we had the gathering in yeah. spring, yeah. those women had heard from other women feeling the same calling. Yeah. And so a little while back, we put like a little question box on our Instagram page mm-hmm. and asked women, what did they feel like that this pull and this call that the Holy Spirit had placed upon them in their lives? What was it for? And I put it between two choices was either getting ready for tough times that are coming or the return of Jesus. Yes. And it was overwhelmingly like very large. I think almost 67% of the answers were preparing for hard times coming. Yeah. Um, But I got several messages that said, well, we, it's like, we feel like it's both. And that's kind of what you and I feel like I um, was a little bit taken aback because I felt like ultimately we're preparing for the return of Jesus because biblical prophecy shows us that, you know, the world is going to be not the prettiest place. And we've all lived these last two years worldwide. It's pretty, it's terrible. Right. And so we know that I, I think if you're reading your Bible and you're studying, studying, you know that there will be wonderful things that happen. There'll be a great harvest, but there's also a great falling away. There's a great deception and things are going to get worse in this world. Uh-huh. They may manifest themselves as something beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's part of the deception. I think too, as Christian women, specifically women who have grown up in the church, um, sometimes we're shocked by all that we're seeing. We're shocked by the darkness that we're seeing. Um, And I think that that shock can quickly turn into fear if we allow it to. Um, And I was just talking to someone today on Instagram, actually. They asked me if I saw, oh, what was it? She asked me if I saw it was the Commonwealth opening ceremony and somewhere in Europe. And 
She said, you know, I'm not shocked, but I am shocked. And my response was, I'm not shocked by any of this anymore, but I'm still shocked that I'm a part of the generation that's actually witnessing it all, if that makes sense. I mean, I think literally, you know, Satan could fall from the sky and land in my front yard. And I don't think I would be too too shocked, but I would be shocked as in, I'm actually witnessing this. Like we're not reading stories. We're not doing anything like that. We're actually the generation that is witnessing this biblical prophecy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's where the urgency has come from and has been placed on our hearts to get our house in order. You know, when I, when I say that, that's the number one question I get. Well, what do you mean? How do I do that? Do you have a list, Allison? Um, Do you have like a checklist that you go by? Well, you can to a certain extent. I mean, you can create a checklist for the physical part of getting your house in order, but not necessarily the spiritual part, right? And that's one thing that you and I have talked about, Michelle, is that the spiritual part of getting your house in order is a lot more important than the physical part, mm-hmm. right? Because there's things that's gonna ha- that are going to happen, and it doesn't matter if your whole pantry is stocked <laughs> from floor to ceiling, Mm-mm. with canned goods and everything you need to bake for six months on end, it's not going to save you, right? Right. Make you more comfortable. So just to backtrack a little bit, because I feel like people are going to wonder, and I don't mean to go down any rabbit holes, but just <clears throat> you said somebody asked you if you saw what was going on in these opening ceremonies of, I don't even, what's some big event in the Commonwealth of, in, in the United Kingdom, right? It was, yes. This is what her message said to me. Um, this is my friend, Bobby. I talk to her often on Instagram. And she said, um, have you seen the opening ceremony for the British Commonwealth Games? And I said, no, I hadn't. Um, And she said, I was listening to my husband's favorite podcast with him, and they played a clip from the British Commonwealth Games, the announcer specifically. Um, And here's this guy talking about terms like Baal and Tower of Babel, Satanic ritual, Moloch worship, as if he was announcing floats at at a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So today, today we looked it up and I had to use an alternate search engine to really find it, which is something I normally don't utilize. It's full of satanic ritual to Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes on to say, I've seen many things that I felt contain symbolism of occult things or demonic worship from things not otherwise mentioned outside of the Old Testament. But this is the first thing I've ever seen that felt like I was watching Nimrod in the Tower of Babel. It was unreal. And so, you know, these things are, they're part of our everyday life now. They're out in front of us since when I responded to her. You know, I'm just surprised. I'm not surprised by it. I'm surprised that I'm living and breathing in the generation that is witnessing these things. Yeah. That this is not some movie or a fairy tale. Right. This is reality. But, and it's just, I think we wanted to have a conversation about how do we take in this very reality? Yeah. Um, and the Lord has led us on a journey over the past several years mm-hmm. of allowing us to see the darkness that's out there. And we are not meant, God did not design his imagers to be able to see all this darkness, to, to read about it, to study it, to, and it'd be, it'd be okay. Cause it's just not, it goes against everything that he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But it's, I would, I would go out on a limb and say that most of our listeners that are going to be listening to this mm-hmm. know exactly what we're talking about. Yes. They've sensed it. They felt it. They've, you know, went down the rabbit holes too, because the Lord has led them there. 
and it can be all consuming and it could come over you. And it does it. If it gets a hold of you and you don't stop and go back to the word of the Lord, there's this spirit of fear that just grips you. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to every friend that we have that's walking the same path. Yeah. And I think that's part of the the thing that the Lord is like giving us this community for is to be able to prepare for what is to come. Because Mm -hmm. what do we think that it means that he says that you will cast out demons in my name? Right. We're his body, right? Yeah. I think it's really important right now to interject and say, I am probably the most fearful person I know. Like my entire life, the foundation of it has been fear. Like don't watch scary movies, ride a roller coaster, don't walk out past the sunset because someone's going to steal you off the side of the road and kidnap you. Seriously, I am the most fearful person that I personally know. I just am. I always have been ever since I was a child. And I also have severe anxiety. I mean, I have a diagnosed, you know, anxiety disorder. I've struggled with it for a long time, especially since I've become a mother. So I'm sharing all of this just to say, if God can call me to try to research and understand the spiritual darkness that is just slapping us in the face right now, he can call anybody and he can use anybody because I have learned things. I have seen things. I have heard things that 10 years ago, I would not have been able to handle at all. But also 10 years ago, I was not reading my Bible daily. I was not praying. I was not fasting. I was not constantly in worship and focusing on God. And I think that that makes a really, well, I know that makes a really big difference. And that is such an important part of being this kingdom homemaker is making sure before you get your house in order, you have yourself in order. You've got to get yourself in order because it takes, I don't want to say thick skin or a tough shell or anything like this. You can stay soft and warm and still seek to understand these things because God will walk alongside you as you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And that's what we were saying. Is this physically preparing for hard times, you know, growing a garden and canning and, you know, knowing how to do sourdough and those, those things are at an all time, I hate to say the word trendy high right now, They are, but, but it is, and it's, and it's a good thing because we should know how to do those things. Right. Isn't it interesting that that's not just trending among Christians. It's trending among everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, my only social media outlet I have is Instagram. And I don't follow a whole lot of people, but I go through my Discover page. I find links to different pages. And, you know, I can go find this beautiful picture of this woman baking sourdough bread in her little farm kitchen. And I go to her profile. And she's a Buddhist. You know what I'm saying? Like God is preparing. I know a lot of people are probably not going to like this because as Christians, we tend to think he just prepares us. He only touches us, but he's preparing a lot of people. It doesn't matter if you follow him right now or not. He is preparing and witnessing to a lot of people right now and giving them these traditional survival homesteading skills. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. Well, it's an instinctual thing, right? And, you know, farming the land or, you know, it's, it's, it's biblical practices too, you know, you're going to work the ground Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, you're going to raise animals Mm -hmm. and consume them for nutrition. Um, But like you were saying before, you can have your whole entire basement stocked with all the goods. 
you can know how to bake 20 loaves of sourdough bread, get it done in two days. That is not going to save you from the spiritual battles that are at hand Yes. for the deception that is here and then it's intensifying and it's coming mm-hmm. and God is not revealing these things to us or, you know, it's right. I mean, just pick up your Bible and read it. It's not like we've been saying this whole time. It's not meant to make us fearful, even though that's like a natural instinct to be like, Oh my goodness. And you think about your children, but it is an honor to live in this day and hour to be an ambassador for Christ that, and we've been talking a lot about this the past couple of days about our own fears But what second Timothy tells us for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, a spirit, not of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and self-control or sound mind. And I looked that up, the sound mind or self-control is the Greek word. So phronimos, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that right, but it just means admonishing. Or calling to soundness of mind, to moderation of self-control. Think about that. Yes. And that part right there, that soundness of mind, as someone that struggles with anxiety, I mean, I don't know if any of our listeners do. I'm sure some of you do. As someone that has had panic attacks um, more than I can count in my lifetime, that's one of the number one things during a panic attack that I feel is that I'm losing my soundness of mind and it's all rooted in fear. Like it's just, it's so interesting. Word studies, Michelle's so good at word studies. She's so good at them and they are just so amazing. And I encourage you guys or ladies or whoever's listening to this. Someone asked me the other day, how do I study my Bible? And I said, you know what? Start with the word study. Start with the word like Michelle did. She took that word from that verse and she studied it. And God will reveal so much through it. But yes, going back to what you said, Michelle, that sound mind, fear thrives off of the opposite of that, right? Like your lack of self-control, your lack of a self of a sound mind is what fear feeds off of. Right. And there's just something about that spirit mm-hmm. of fear. It's like what we said earlier today when we talked on the phone. It's like this living, breathing, this spirit, this it can be all consuming. God didn't give us that spirit. What did he give us? Spirit of power. Of love and of love and self-control. Yes, the power through him, the authority we have as his children. And if you go back and you study the fruits of the spirit, what's one of the fruits of the spirit? Self-control, you know? That's good. Yeah. And then we also were talking about um, in our intro, I think it got in there, about the household, Mm -hmm. right? And all throughout the Bible, and going back to that theme of the Lord's calling us to get our homes in order, mm-hmm. and but yet we say both physical and spiritual, but really, it, I think it's mainly that spiritual aspect, because when you, you're spiritually aligning yourself with God's Holy Spirit, all yeah. other things will fall into place. But all throughout the Bible, it talks about people and how they had influence over their whole entire households, that they were saved from things. And in the New Testament, they came to Christ. You know, we talked about Noah in our intro, that the righteousness of him saved his whole household. But then you get into the New Testament and in the book of Acts, it talks about Paul was in um, Philippi and he met a woman there. She was um, a textile merchant of like the purple linens Uh and she heard him and she believed and she went home and her whole entire household was saved. Right. And then there's, yeah. 
And you know, I just, so I studied this earlier today in preparation for this podcast and I thought it was so cool. It's a theory, it's not proven. So Lydia was from Thyatira, but she was in Philippi selling. Um, There's no record of Paul going to Thyatira and evangelizing, but we know in the book of Revelation, there was a large church there in Thyatira. So some scholars wonder, did Lydia and her going back to her home and her whole household was saved? Was she evangelizing and sharing the message of Christ? Was her faithfulness to the Lord what spurred on her hometown church? Could be, but I just thought those are just wonderful little nuggets that you get to meditate on. Absolutely. Um, And just, it gives you, it gives you inspiration. Mm -hmm. And to think that, yes, the Lord uses women. And a lot of times I'll ask like, Lord, I hear all of these women that are feeling this thing. I mean, so many countless. And then a lot of them, they're kind of like they're the spiritual leader in their home. Like their husbands are a little more quiet, a little little more timid. Um, And my husband would tell you he for a long time was a backslider. Uh And I, you know was more that spiritual leader in my home. And mm-hmm. now the Lord has changed that and it's been a revival in my home and I'm so thankful. But reading in the book of Genesis, Allison, me and you talk about this, how that sneaky um, serpent yes. whispered into her ear and she influenced her husband. He did. To, That's- yeah. I, it's so interesting because I'm currently studying. I have been for a while and now this, this term of divine reversals and we see it all throughout scripture, how something happens um, and it could have been evil. And there was a divine reversal that changed the course of what the enemy tried to do. Right. And I've been thinking about that as we've been talking, could it be that this generation of women, the, the ones that are rising up, not to say that they, we are more special or more powerful than any women that have come before us, because we're not. God plants generations in the times in which they exist for a reason. But could it be that we are, now I hope that these, 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 these submissive wives don't get mad at me for saying this, but are we leading the generation of our women are speaking to our husbands who are getting our homes in order and like you said Michelle thus saving our households now that's not to mean we can like pray the prayer of salvation over our families and save them but it kind of goes back to what I shared yesterday on my Instagram page you know we're witnessing to our husband we're witnessing to our children through our actions through getting our homes in order physically and spiritually like it's a great, great calling. It's a great calling. And going back to what you said about how, you know, that Nakash whispered into Eve's ear, mm-hmm. he tricked her. Mm-hmm. Some would even say he used witchcraft. He put a spell on her mm-hmm. and she influenced her husband. And now look at where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, the world fell apart because of that. So why can't we as women, as this generation who is seeing these things, who is see- who are seeing the spiritual warfare in front of us, we're feeling it too. Why can't be- we be the ones that say, no, I'm taking that back. Serpent, you're not going to tempt me. You're not going to lie to me. You're not going to deceive me. I'm getting my house in order, whether you like it or not. Amen. 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 I know. And you said that in a cosh. So that, oh, y'all, you, you'll soon realize Alice and I geek out on the Hebrew language and the Greek, but man, that Hebrew. So Nakash means serpent and also means sorcerer or divination. Yeah. It's exactly. just, it, that's what, when she was saying, go do a word study, pick any Hebrew word. I'm telling you, you could sit with one Hebrew word 
for months and never get the depth of it. I've been sitting with Ebenezer for months and I keep, I'm hearing it. I'm thinking about it. I'm using it here and there. And it's not even mentioned that often in the Bible at all. It's attached to that word Azer, which we'll talk about, you know, down the road. But God, you know, that's another thing Michelle and I say. The truth of the gospel is so very simple and it's beautiful. Anyone can hear it. They can understand it and it will transform their lives. And that's good. That's wonderful. But you also need to open your Bible and you need to get into it and you need to read it. And if you don't know where to start and if you're bored out of your mind, just reading through scripture, line after line after line, pick a word, pick a topic and study it. Mm. There's nothing I loathe more than women's Bible studies and devotionals. (laughs) And I get asked all the time, oh, do you have a devotional recommendation? Oh, no, you open your Bible. You go, you open your Bible. We are all big girls here. It doesn't matter if you're married, if you're a mom, whatever. I don't care. We're big girls. We can open our Bible. If my 11-year-old can lay in bed at night and read her Bible, you can do it. You can do it. It doesn't mean it's fun. It will eventually get there. I guarantee you it'll get fun. Michelle and I call each other maybe sometimes. Well, me, I feel like I call her a lot more than she calls me. But I'll call her 10 times in one day. Oh my gosh, Michelle, I read this. Oh my, I heard this. Can you believe? Oh yeah, Allison, you know, <laughs> it gets exciting and it get and it's fun because it draws you closer to God. Yeah. And I think that should be our life goal. We want to be close to him. Mm-hmm. As Michelle says, draw nigh to him. Oh, yeah. Draw nigh to you. It's like magnets. If mm-hmm. you move just a little bit close. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. he, it, you just, I always have this visual in my mind that, and I have this conversation with my kids because, you know, when you're raising kids, they battle their, I mean, their brains are developing and it's like a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit every day with children, right? But I tell them, I'm like, listen, you're going to be battling this the rest of your life. It's like cleaving to, or I don't like army crawling. Just there are some days you have to fight so hard to walk after the spirit. Mm -hmm. And when you put in that, that effort, he'll just pick you right up and pull you right in. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll lead you to what you need to do, which I think this is something that we should talk about. Um, Michelle, you've talked a lot about getting the leaven out of your home. Mm. I think we should touch on that with this episode. And for those women that are listening that kind of want a list, you know, like, okay, you talk about this all the time, Allison and Michelle, get your house in order. What does that mean? What do I need to do? I think that we should, um, Talk about that, some things that we can get to do specifically in getting that leaven out in terms of darkness. What do you think about that? Yep, sounds good. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah, so the leaven, um, that command was first, you know, it was given in preparation for the feast of Passover. And we know that that is the Passover when they were slaves in Egypt. And the Lord um, was getting ready to take them out from their slavery, from their bondage of Egypt that they had been under. And one of the things, you know, the, the blood applied. And you can even think about this, about our homes. Mm-hmm. And our lives and what we are preparing for, we're, you know, we are hopeful for a pre-tribulation rapture, but we believe in a rapture nonetheless, when it will, nonetheless, when it will happen, you know, everybody debates, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So they were told, you know, no leaven, because you're going to be taken out of here so fast. You won't have time to wait for that. Get your sandals strapped on your feet get clothes on your back 
have your walking stick in hand because I am getting you out of here. We're getting out of Egypt land and we're going to the promised land. So if you think about that, right, that's exciting. But then it, what we're living right now, like get your few little physical items that you need and then we're hitting the road. We are out of here. Yeah. And so now in the, you know, still today in the, in the Jewish Jewish culture, and they still celebrate the feast of Passover, the woman of the house will go through and sweep through her entire home, every crack and crevice, every closet, every dark corner, and make sure that that leaven is out. And that's a symbol of, you know, sin. And so she gets it all cleaned out. And then her husband, and if I remember right, will go when it's, you know, well, I don't know if it's necessarily evening time, but he'll light a candle and he'll take it into the dark corners of the home and shine a light all throughout the home to make sure she got it all out. Right. Mm. So good. It is so good. It's her charge to get her house in order to get it cleaned out, to purge the darkness, the sin, the leaven. And then her husband comes behind her and says, okay, let's make sure we got it all. Let's look at it together and make sure we got it all. I think that's beautiful. And I think that it's important for us to, okay, look at that in our own lives. That's what, you know, Michelle and I talked about. Okay, what are some things, what are some practical things we can do to get our house in order? Now, I want to say this. It doesn't matter if you're a wife, if you're a mother, any woman can do this. If you live in a room in your parents' home right now, you can do this. If you are a single woman living in her own own home, do this. If you're married with 18 children, yeah, definitely do this. Any woman can do this. I don't think this is a specific call um, to wives and mothers, but I think we feel the weight of it. Would you say that, Michelle, a little bit more of an urgent weight of it? Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, That whole get ready, get ready, get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are some things that are leaven in our life. I'm going to go through, I, a while ago, it was probably a year ago, I created this get your house in order guide. And some of you may have gotten it, you know, from my shop. It's also in our kingdom home maker magazine that we released uh, right after our retreat that we did. And I talk about this often because um I grew up in the church. I was a Christian. I was a very lukewarm Christian. Um, And I share this testimony online if you want more details of it. Or maybe we'll just both share our testimony one day. That might be a good idea to do. But I fell into the trap of some really dark New Age practices. Um, And it was after my son was diagnosed with autism. And I was on this, like, natural healing path. And the new age stuff just really gripped me. Um, And so for the last several years, I've been coming out of that and realizing that so much I took part in that I thought was light and love and just beautiful was not. And so much of that is attached to really dark spiritual principalities. So what are some things we can do in our home to get rid of, to kind of sever that tie with the darkness, right? Because if, you know, someone's going to come behind us and shine a light into those corners. We got to make sure they're clean. So um, I always recommend removing anything from your home that has a connection to dark spirits or false teachings. So we're talking books, TV, like movie DVDs, music, elements of new age practices. Um, a super basic example my son got rid of, you know, his Harry Potter series. We talked about that. We talked about all the darkness that was represented in that. And he said, mom, I don't want this in my room anymore. And we got rid of it. Um, you know, certain music, I, I tend to listen to more secular music than Christian music. That was a, uh, 
kind of difficult for me to get rid of some of my music that probably was not quite honoring to God and most likely had some serious, like, dark spiritual um, ties to it. Can you think of anything else along those lines, Michelle? Like physical items to get rid of? Music and movies and... um, I want to... I just want to be careful because... We, me and you talk about this all the time. We're not saying these things like, if you don't feel that conviction yet, because I'm getting ready to say, well, we got rid of our Netflix account mm-hmm. because of, you know, what happened. Okay. And though, that's what I felt convicted to do. Um, and I realized that not everybody's there yet. And me, me and Allison are not throwing stones. Right. If you're, yeah. if you're not there yet, pray about it. Mm-hmm. And I just told my son this earlier today, we're talking about video games and screen time. I said, I guarantee you, if you pray and you sincerely ask God, what should I do about X, Y, Z? What do you think he's going to tell you? And my 14 year old said, well, we know what he's going to say. Those things are temporary. They don't matter. You know, come unto me. All you need is the good book, the, mm-hmm. the Bible and read some other good books, good stories. But I would say like, when we're talking about this, we got rid of Netflix and we got rid of a bunch of books, like talking about physical things. Um, mm-hmm. My husband totally stopped listening to secular music period. Mm-hmm. And that was huge for him. Yeah. Um, but those weren't actually physical things like Netflix and the secular, it's just like a push of the button of what Pandora station you're going to pick or if you're going to, you know. Yeah. I used to have like dream catchers and stuff in our home. Oh yeah. Holy vibe thing, different statues. Um, even stuff like, oh, you just, we have to remember too, that when people come into our home, they're witnessing who we are as ambassadors of the kingdom. And so our physical stuff represents who we are. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's, that's important. And you're right. Not everyone has the same conviction and that's okay. Um, you'll get there. God will convict as, as he, how, how do I want to word this? He knows what you can handle and when you can handle it. And I think that those convictions follow your maturity as you walk alongside him. Mm-hmm. All right. Another part of spiritually getting your house in order. Uh, establish daily prayer, devotional, and worship times. Quiet time with our Heavenly Father is the most important thing we can do. Um, and it's a really important part of our witness as wives, mothers, especially to our children. Um, and just to others, you know, even going back to if you're a single woman, you know, and your friend says, hey, can you, uh, you know, meet me for coffee at this time? And that's normally your devotional time. Be a witness and be true to who you are and say, you know what, that's actually my prayer time. Can we push it back a half an hour or an hour? You know, something like that. I think we have to remember that our witness is really important. Um I don't remember what that study was, but I read it and I remember it because it did genuinely shock me that the average Christian woman opens their Bible for independent Bible study three times a year, a year. Hmm. I think I would feel like I was dying if I only opened my Bible three times a year. And if that's you, this is no shame whatsoever, because that used to be me, too. It just goes to show my testimony and how God has worked in my life. I can't imagine. I carry my Bible with me wherever I go. It's always with me. And it breaks my heart because it's so good. It's so, so good. And I think I bet Michelle would agree with me. The number one thing you can do in getting your house in order and being a kingdom homemaker is start with daily Bible study. Amen. If that's all you can do right now, if that's all you can wrap your mind around, 
it is to sit with your book and open it and read it and just read it. Even if you don't understand, even if it's boring to you, you keep reading it. And I guarantee you through faith, God is going to meet you at those pages and he's going to reveal something to you. Seek and you shall find. Absolutely. Knock and the door shall be opened. You know, he also, God sees us and he hears us in the trenches of like sleepless nights and dirty diapers and kids running around and fights with our husbands and, you know, just busyness of work. He sees us and he hears us. And I think that that's a really important time where you can just say, you know what, God, I'm going to meet you tonight with my Bible, but right now I can't step away. So I'm going to worship you with whatever I'm doing. Turn some music on. We have worship music flowing throughout our house all the time. If any of us are overstimulated, I just turn on instrumental worship music. It's so, so important, especially to combat that prince who has the power of the air on his side, right? You know, that good old enemy mm-hmm. occupies the airwaves. So yeah, just worship. And I always say, I had a little hashtag going there for a while, kitchen sink ministry. Yeah. That. Yeah. You can worship at your kitchen sink, minister. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are, you, you are ministering as a mother, <clears throat> wherever you are in your home, you're serving your children and your husband and all of your company that comes mm-hmm. through your home. You are constantly in ministry. Yeah. And if you don't have time because you're, you know, raising five little ones right now to sit down, open your computer, open your Bible, do word studies and devote an hour or two hours every day. There are days that I can't do that because Mm -hmm. of our schedule. But before I go to sleep at night, I'll pull up the blue letter Bible app on my phone Mm -hmm. and I will read what I can until I fall asleep. Or I, if I wake up in the middle of the night and you probably will find that the Lord wakes us up, all yeah. of us up. I go and through seasons where weeks back in 2020, it was a month straight. I woke up every morning between three and four in the morning and I got up and I prayed and God started moving miraculously in my life when I knew that he just wanted me to spend time with him mm-hmm. and he wasn't getting my attention during the day, not at any fault of his own, but mine because I wasn't open to listening to him. And so he literally plucked me out of my sleep every night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I just started sitting with him. He'll get our one way or another. Yeah. And that is an example of he was making time for Mm -hmm. you to have Mm -hmm. time with him. Just ask him, ask him. I've, that's been one of my prayers lately. Lord, help me to be diligent with the work that you have for me. And move time for me in yeah. a way that you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently lost my father and that's another testimony for another day, but we had his memorial service at my home. I had to get his remains shipped here. There was so much to do in this month. We mm-hmm. traveled out of town, so much to do. And usually I stress out over a birthday party. Yeah. And I'm like down to the last minute when people are walking through the door, scrambling, but it was a supernatural, Holy spirit filled experience that the way everything came together, there was like, I had time to rest. I had time to sit back that day of his memorial service and fully relax because that was, I didn't even have to ask the Lord to do that. When you go through something really traumatic like that, he just carries you, whether you ask him or not. And he was carrying me and he was like moving time for me. And that has been my prayer now that as I go about my daily work and study and seeking of him and taking care of my household, that he will help me to be a good steward of time. Amen. That's good friend. We'll do it for you. All right. Another thing we can do is anoint our home regularly and more so, more so in the midst of heavy spiritual warfare. Now, 
I feel like this can kind of be a loaded topic. This can be a little bit of a heavy topic when you start getting into spiritual warfare and even anointing, because a lot of people didn't grow up with anointing um, in their churches or their homes. It's a really, I feel, important part of getting your house in order is anointing it regularly. Um, I typically do it seasonally during like seasonal cleans. But if we're in the middle of spiritual warfare, um, you can feel spiritual warfare. Um, I shared on my Instagram, I don't know, it was probably the beginning of this year. My husband and I were going through a really difficult time and I, you know, anointed our our bedroom and his pillow. And I shared that and, oh, it resonated so deeply with so many women. Um, so anointing oil in and of itself is not, it, it doesn't do anything, right? It's the action and it's the heart behind the anointing. It's the faith that we have. So, I mean, you can use olive oil from your kitchen cabinet. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be special. And that's what um, I always used until I met you and you gave mm-hmm. me some I make it, you know, based off of the oils that are mentioned in the Bible. Um, and I love the way it smells. But in a pinch, just go grab anything. I would even venture to say you could use water if you needed to because it's not the physical part of it. It's the spiritual part of it. You're touching the frame of your windows and your doors and you are committing your home to God with full faith that he is going to shield it and protect it from anything dark that will come your way. So I think that's really important to do. And I think it's very important that um, if you are a mother, your children see you doing that. Um, another thing, too, is anointing your children or anointing your husband and praying over them. Again, it's not the oil. The healing, the protection doesn't, it's not held in the oil itself. It's held in our heart and the faith in our heart that God is going to provide and protect um, us. So and it's not witchcrafty. I've been told many times, this sounds really witchcrafty, and it's not at all. It's biblical and it's so, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. What were you going to say, Michelle? I was just going to ask you for those that have never um, anointed their family or their home, you just simply, the, I do, and you, you put oil on your fingers and then you, like you said, you touch them and you pray. Yes. And a lot of people ask too, what do I pray? Well, I mean, you can pray just like you, you talk to God on a regular basis. You just talk to him like he's your father. Mm-hmm. Abba, this is what I'm dealing with. I need you and I need your help. And I have faith that you're going to help me because you are sovereign and you are good. Or you can pray scripture. You know, Psalms is filled with beautiful, beautiful scripture to pray. Um, I often do that when I'm anointing my home. I'll just pray scripture. I'll turn music on, I'll worship. I'll just pray as I'm doing that. When I'm praying over my children, over an individual, I kind of rest in spirit for a minute to see if I feel or hear anything from the Lord. And I just pray for them just with a genuine, sincere heart. I'm not the most eloquent eloquent um, prayer by any means, but he always gives me the words when I need them. So when in doubt, just pray scripture. There's so much, there's so much scripture we can do. And then this kind of goes along with it. But um, I think a really important part of spiritually getting your home in order is walking the perimeter of your property um, and just pray for a hedge of protection against your land. And Michelle and I both have, we have beautiful testimonies with this. Um, I mean, we literally had a tornado skip over our home about a month after we moved in. And I I guarantee it. I will go to my grave saying it was because we walked around the perimeter of this property and we prayed for it and we anointed it. And you can pull that radar up and that tornado literally skipped right over our home. There was nothing short of just divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, just 
even prayer time, if you mm-hmm. are able, walk your land, like you said, and just pray, worship the Lord out there, invite his presence. And, and I didn't know when I was, you know, we've lived on this land now to 23 years this month, 23 years this month. And I was reluctant to move here. I was so young. I didn't understand. And we have where we live. It's beautiful. But years ago, I started praying, Lord, I thank you for every tree that's on this land, every blade of grass, bless it, protect it. And, you know, maybe a later episode, we'll talk more about different things, but he has. He has. And it's amazing too, because I always know Michelle goes out to her field to pray Oh, I was walking the field, Allison, and we talk and we talk and, you know, God, he gave us this, this old house we just moved into in April. It was the weekend of Easter and she needs some love and she needs some work, but he granted me all of those little desires in my heart with this home. You know, my fence is lined with pineys in the spring and summer and I even have a little pasture just right out the side of my house. And, you know, I've told Michelle time and time again, how God has met me in that pasture when I go out and walk. And it's just so beautiful. Um, And again, you know, you don't have to have a, a lot of property. You don't have to have a lot of land. You know, I grew up in a city. Our first home, actually, our first home was in the city. Our second one was in a village. So it was still within village limits. Um, we've never had a lot of land. This is really the first time that we've had, you know, multiple acres, but God meets us anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're in a little tiny one room apartment or a big old farmhouse on a bunch of land, it's our responsibility to care for it and to keep it and to dedicate it and give it to God because he's the one that's going to provide and protect And I think that this is very, very important. And it's the foundation for so much of what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Mm, That's good. Yeah. If you don't have a field to walk, walk your subdivision or the park. Um, And actually, it's beautiful because you can, you know, you can walk down your sidewalk with your neighbors and you can pray for them. You can do intercessory prayer for the people around you. That's so powerful, too. And it's also adds another level of, you know, I talk to women regularly whose, whose neighbors are witches or they're Satanists and they have to like double, not double up on their armor, you know, not literally, but they have to stay very vigilant and constant and praying against the darkness that's around them. So if you are in a neighborhood or if you're in an apartment building, it's really important that you do this. It's really important that you, you walk around, you anoint your home, you pray for it and you constantly surrender and devote it to God. Yeah. Because the spiritual darkness that's around you, it's around all of us, but I think probably in bigger cities and larger neighborhoods. Yeah. It probably feels a lot heavier, I would say. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're waging spiritual warfare when you start those prayers, right? But yeah. that's the power yeah. you know, that, that he, he gives you is the power of prayer and he'll, he'll be there with you. Yeah. And that's, what's going to get you through. Right. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what we've been saying, the stocked pantries, um, all of that, it's, that will not give you the power of that sound mind and a love to help you endure whatever this world is throwing at us. And we see it every yes. day, right? And we're just, right. if anything, we want to encourage you all that we're in this with you. We're telling Absolutely. you not to fear and not to be anxious, mm-hmm. but we battle that ourselves. Right. Michelle and I are definitely not, 
we're not going to lecture anybody on anything. You know, we feel God has led us to certain things for a reason, just like he's led other women to certain things for a reason. And we can all work together. We can teach each other. We can learn from each other. Um, and yeah, Michelle, you're absolutely right. We are doing all of this alongside every single one of you. I've, I've actually had a couple hard weeks these last couple of weeks. I've called Michelle a handful of times and I just said, you know, I've had to just kind of stop with some things because my anxiety is getting the, the best of me. You know, I feel that, that fear creeping in a little bit. And so I've had to just kind of pull myself back, take a step back, do a lot more praying and worshiping and not so much research and digging and figuring out and asking questions and doing all of that. Not that that's bad. It's wonderful. I actually enjoy it so much and I miss it when I don't have that drive to do it. But God knows me. He knows me well. And he knows when I'm starting to get a little a little caught in the muck, right? You know, and it's it's getting a little hard for me to navigate through. And he tells me, just take a step back, Allison. Yeah. So we're all in this together. Yeah. I do feel like <clears throat> there's victory in that, mm-hmm. that I do think that every Christian Christ follower that's doing that crawling and that seeking after his spirit and the gifts of his spirit, right? That there will be victory for those of us because, you know, I have battled severe depression in my life too and anxiety. I was medicated for several years. Yeah. Um, But I think there is true victory and deliverance from that bondage and that oppression of that spirit of fear that really does want to grip all of us, especially... Christians. Um, and we're going to pray, you know, with everybody mm-hmm. and for the body of Christ yes. that we, that the victory upon his body of that fear, it, it would, that will be delivered from that because we are, like we said earlier, part of this, mm-hmm. part of this, what we believe the end time generation. I'm really, we believe we're at the end of the age. We do. Yes. And going forward to go out into all the nations and to preach his gospel and to baptize people. And you will cast out demons in my name. And, and, you know, look at what the early church did. Mm -hmm. Fear, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. But it was not a consuming fear that kept them from doing what the Lord was calling them to do. And that's his whole purpose from the beginning Go back to Genesis all the way through to the end of Revelation. We are meant to fellowship with him, to be in communion with him. And we're doing a work for him. He's going to use us. He doesn't have to. He could come right down and do all of this on his own, but he wants us. Absolutely. And I would guarantee you every single Christian woman that's listening to us right now, she is willing and she is able and she wants to be used by her God. Amen. She loves him with all of her might and wants to love him even deeper. And he, he will equip you. Amen. That's good, sister. Woo. Get the banjo out. Let's start dancing. (laughs) Oh man. We get a few, we'll get a few episodes in and. My Michelle's crazy side will start coming out. You never know. You never know what you're going to hear. Uh-uh. It'll be good. Shoot. Might just get slain right in the spirit right off of episode one. I'm going to have to take over if Michelle's over there resting in the spirit with her dress up over her head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um. I feel like this one was a little long. Michelle and I said we really wanted to keep this ep- like these podcast episodes to like 30 minutes and that definitely didn't happen with this one. So we'll do our best and uh, we appreciate you being here and we pray that we just share whatever we share, whatever the Holy Spirit shares through us resonates with you. It touches your heart. It affects your families in beautiful ways and especially your homes. 
So, yep. Amen. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you guys next time. Until next time, have a great week.